0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we start our two-part series, breaking down the ultimate A&M team. Now, before we begin on any of this, I'm letting you know ahead of time, this is the a and team in the SEC. The Southwest Conference, the Big 12, as good as both of those programs were, we got to talk about the now. Who has done the most work in the now to make themselves a standout in the future? That is what I'm looking at. So, unfortunately, that means no Von Miller. That means uh, no Ryan Tannehill. That means no Dat newing. We're only focusing on the All-SEC Texas A&M Aggies. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. On Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LOP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at LockdownPodcast.com. All right, so jam-packed show. Let's get this started. Quarterback, the most ideal position of what you need. By the way, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have three receivers, two running backs, one tight end, that's gonna be my personnel. It'll be a twelve man. It'll be uh, an extra running back personnel, depending on what I want to run on every play. But let's just start this off. Quarterback is the most important position. Who is it gonna be? I really thought about this for a minute, because of as much as I think you could say that there is an argument here. Kellen Mond technically is the best quarterback to ever come through college station. He statistically is. There's no denying that. That's not me saying, oh, he's better than anyone else. No, that's a fact. He is the statistical best quarterback to ever play at Kyle Field. But the pizzazz of Johnny Manziel, the front line of what he was able to bring to the program, really setting the tone in the SEC, so is up there. Both are worthy of being in the conversation. So at the end of the day, I had to go with the one guy who I knew was going to be the one to probably take this team to a different level. And that is Johnny Manziel. Listen, I get it. I understand Johnny Manziel never worked out in the NFL. And Kellen Mon may work out in the NFL. He may not. But here's what I do know. Manziel won a Heisman in 2012. And it's because he was the best player that season in college football. His freshman year, he had a completion rating of 68%, and he threw for 3,706 yards, averaged 8.5 yards per throw, 26 touchdowns against 9 interceptions, and a QBR rating of 155.2. On top of that, he rushed for another 1,400 yards and 21 total touchdowns on the ground. So the guy in his first year as a quarterback scored over 45 touchdowns. I believe he had 47 touchdowns on the year against nine interceptions. Next year, he followed it up with 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, nine rushing touchdowns, and averaged 759 yards of rushing. He averaged less yards rushing, more yards passing. He also looked better under center as a full-fledged quarterback and needed a lot more work as a pocket-passing option for the team. So I, I add all that into consideration, and Kellen Mon, he had some good years. I mean, let's just not deny it. He was a four-year starter for a reason. He also threw for at least twenty touchdown, uh, 19 touchdowns in each of his final three years. He also never threw for more than 10 interceptions on a season. He also had a uh, rating of an average of over 135. And the one year that he didn't throw for more than 20, uh, 2,000 passing yards was when he was splitting carries with Nick Starkle, and that was his freshman year. He had 3,107 yards his uh, sophomore year, 2,897 his junior year, and 2,282 his senior year. Keep in mind, the senior year was shortened because of the COVID-19 pandemic. He's the all-time leader in passing, but he also threw for less yards in that time than Johnny did. He threw for less touchdowns in that time than Johnny did. He didn't rush for as many touchdowns as Johnny did. Even though he is statistically the best quarterback, he's that way because of number one, simple. He has just been in the program longer. And number two, the offense was always taking a step back with him where Johnny elevated to a different level. I personally think Kellen Mond is the best all-time representative at quarterback in Texas A&M history, but Johnny is the one that is technically more savvy and more sound. So Johnny would be the quarterback for Jimbo Fisher's team in 2021 in this all-A&M roster squad. Running back, let's just knock this out real fast. Travion Williams would be the number one running back. Hands down, no question about it. What Travion Williams was able to do in 2018 is just beyond impressive. He was, in my opinion, the best uh, running back in football that year. Three seasons with the Aggies, he rushed for over a 1,000 yards twice, including his freshman year where he averaged 6.8 yards per carry and had eight rushing touchdowns, then broke out immensely in his junior year where he led the SEC in rushing yards at 1,760 yards, averaged 6.5 yards per carry, also averaged 10.3 yards per reception, had over 2,000 yards of scrimmage yards, and had 19 total touchdowns. Guy was a monster. I am I'm not mistaken, he had three or four 100 rushing yard games of plus 125. So he was just all over the place. He was unstoppable. Everything he was for A&M, was pure speed. He's what I think a lot of people thought a Trey Williams was going to be, what a lot of people thought um, maybe what a Devon A-Chain can be, maybe what Aniah Smith can be, but he was great at moving the ball downfield, keeping the ball in his hands, and picking up big-time plays well after the catch. I mean, that. that's what really stands out to me. He was a fantastic player who... Uh, you know, he had 18 touchdowns in his final year. The other name, this was tough because if I really thought about this for a second, do I go with the name of a player who played one year in the SEC? Do I go with a guy who I'm very good friends with? Do I go with, you know, a guy who maybe could have been a better running back? In the end, I go with Tra Carson. Carson played three years at AM. and where he averaged no more than 100 uh, rushing attempts on the year. He a- had a career average of 4.9 yards per run, and 19 of his 20 career touchdowns came at AM. In his final year in 2015, he rushed for 1,165 yards. That put him top five in SEC that season. He also averaged 6.3 yards per play as a receiving option, scored another touchdown that way. His only receiving touchdown came with the Aggies. This was a guy who was a bowler. Bulldozer, Knocked people over. Made people realize, get out of my way. If you want to fight, let's go. In the open field, I got you beat 10 out of 10. There you go. That's your backfield. That is your backfield right there. Johnny Manziel, dual threat option. You can do a lot with his legs, a lot with his arm, a lot with making plays happen. And then you got Travion Williams, pure speed. You got pure power and Troy Carson. 2020 has officially come to an end and that means 2021 is here and we are ready for a change but the best change of all would be getting some extra change to put in your pocket that's why i recommend if you are going to do your betting this upcoming offseason make sure you do it with betonline.ag betonline.ag is the number one source for all things covering bets they give you the best lines the best status and more than that the best payouts Go stop sitting on the sidelines and join in on the action at betonline.ag. And when you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 50% off a welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Colt Thompson back at action, talking about things Texas A&M. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories and analysis with our local experts. Start your day off with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe on Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's get this going right along. Who is the number one receiver for Johnny Manziel, Tra Carson, and of course Trayvon Williams out of that backfield? This is an easy one, guys. I don't even have to go that much into detail. It's Mike Evans. Mike Evans, to me, I've said this multiple times in the past. I'll say it again. He might be the best player of this decade to ever come out of Texas A&M. Just how dangerous he was, how fascinating he is, what he's able to do consistently as a pass catcher, both at the collegiate level and now at a and I mean, at the professional level, you cannot deny that he is, in my opinion, the best overall receiver. At Texas A&M, in two years with the teams, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, had 17 total touchdowns, had 2,429 total yards of scrimmage, averaged 16.5 yards per catch. Since being drafted in the NFL, he is the only player to begin his NFL career with seven 1,000-yard seasons. That is impressive on itself, but more than that, he stands alone, outstriking Randy Moss and Jerry Rice for the record. Number one receiver, hands down. Number two receiver, who's going to be my other man opposite him? Well, again, tough battle, really tough battle. But i gotta go with this one first, and then we'll discuss who's going to be our number three, and it's actually Josh Reynolds. Reynolds is the number four receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, but at one point in his career, he actually was one of the go-to targets for the Aggies' offense. During his three-year stay with the program, uh, he started his playing career as a sophomore, averaged uh, averaged at least 50 receptions on the year, never had less than 830 receiving yards, and put a career average of 17 yards per play when it came to receptions. He had 842 yards, 907 yards, and in 2016, his final year with the program, 1,039 yards in that same time span, 30-plus touchdowns. A lot of people look at this team and immediately think, oh, Christian Kirk. Oh, Jamon Ospin. Oh, Easy Unchawu. That's who you think of. It really is Reynolds was Mr. Consistency. And when he went to the NFL, he has been a quality player. He's never been a standout superstar stud for the Rams, but he's been a very nice option as their number four player when Brandon Cooks was there. He slowly emerges the team's number three this year, kind of split reps with Van Jefferson. And I think if he stays in Los Angeles, he still will be effective. If he wants to go somewhere else, so be it. I still think he can have a very solid career. Definitely never going to be that true top tier number one target at the next level. But for AM, and m he's a perfect complement as a vertical threat for what Mike Evans can do all across the field. This is where things get tricky. This was the one that I had trouble with. Because of, on one hand, why would I include Josh Grounds on this list when he hasn't really done a lot in the NFL? And I look at two names. And it really comes down to these two names. One, I could say, okay, he did play in the SEC. The other one, he lived in the SEC. Ryan Swoop, Christian Kirk. Swoop is the all-time leading receiver in A&M history but he only played one year with the program when they were in the SEC. For that reason, I have to go Christian Kirk. Kirk was a three-year starter for the Aggies. He had two 1,000-yard receiving seasons, averaged no less than 919 yards on the year, averaged 12.2 yards per play, uh, had a total of 23 total touchdowns, Down year his senior year. But that was a year that quarterback play was all over the place. They went from Trevor Knight to, you know, uh, another backup. They just got rid of Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray. And you look at the years that, you know, Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray were there. Those were Allen's best years. He had 928 yards and 1,090 yards his first two years. He averaged over 11 yards per play. And of his, what was it? Uh, Of his 26 touchdowns, he had uh, 16 of them, so he had a pretty good year. Now, don't get me wrong. He was a kind, keen weapon for Knight, but the offense looked a lot better with him playing alongside Allen and playing alongside Murray than it ever did with him with Knight. And he had more receptions. He was targeted more. He was more consistent in the open field. He did a lot more with his legs. I liked him as a full-fledged receiving option, and he's been that guy for Murray once again in Arizona. So it's good that he actually did get to work with Murray full-time, and it looks like these two are going to be working together for quite some time moving into, I would say, the next three to four years. I mean, the way that, the way that he's been playing, he's going to get a contract extension, and more than likely so is Murray. So there we go. My starting unit would be Mike Evans on the outside, my vertical threat be Josh Reynolds, and my slot option be uh, Christian Kirk. Now, who would be my tight end? A lot of people are going, oh, well, yeah, it would definitely be the guy that everyone's thinking of. Uh, pff, no, actually, it's not. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Jay Sternberger. Jay Sternberger, yeah, that's a great year. Yeah, year. He had one good year. I'm going to go with the guy that I've always been high on, the guy that I think is actually the best tight end to ever come through AM. I think he has a very good shot of having a Kyle Pitts breakout year in 2021, and that's Jalen Weidemeyer. Weidemeyer has 12 total touchdowns at the tight end position. He averages 12.2 yards per play, and he's had over 40 receptions in each of his first two seasons. He has been nothing but the but the security blanket for Kellen Bond in the offense. And he really did not have a great sophomore year because of the passing attack was so limited. But Weidemeyer still was able to make plays. He still was consistent after the catch. And he's that well-rounded guy. Sternberger, if you watch him with the Packers, and if you watched him in college, wasn't bad. Far from bad. Actually, a very talented player. The problem is he was just kind of there. If that makes any sense, he was a slot guy. He was your flex tight end in in fantasy football. Perfect flex. He's what Evan Ingram is. You're not gonna have him block. You're not gonna have him make a lot of plays in the open field, uh, downfield to help the running game. He's a big receiver. Weidemeyer helps me in the run game. Opens up big running lanes for Troy Carson and Travion Williams. And on top of all that. He does a great job of setting the tone in the passing attack. So now Johnny Manziel, he wants to go deep downfield, he's got options. If he wants to stay and go straight at the middle, he's got options. I very much think that this is the perfect tight end for the offense that I'm looking to run, and he has been the most consistent player at the offense this season. He was the most consistent player the last two years, in my opinion. I think that What I mean by consistency as well is as a receiving option in a pass-happy league like the SEC, you need that security blanket. And Weidemeyer checks off all the boxes, including being a run blocker, something that Jay Sternberger didn't have. So let's just break this down for a second. Say that you have a broken taillight or you have a busted headlamp and you have to take it into the shop, but the problem is that they don't have the exact part that needs to be used for a quick fix so they have to ship it out for it then you have to get out a car and then after all that you have to pay a service fee for something you could have done in 10 minutes let's skip the middle step and go ahead and use rockauto.com rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years they have everything from tail lights to brake pads to engine modules plus their unique catalog tells you the exact model size year color even And with their ridiculously low prices, you will never have to think you're being overcharged. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints had his tailgate stolen off the back of his truck, went on to rockauto.com's unique catalog, found the exact same tailgate, same color, same model, had it shipped to his house, and installed it for a fraction of the price. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need, rockauto.com is the place to be. One of the best things I love about this job is I get to try and represent Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, you know the promo code of the past, 12 original flavors, 12 different varieties, always here to help you out. But with six new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Lemon, Almond, Cheesecake, and carrot Cake, you now have 18 different varieties to make sure you always have a different flavor. Bilt Bar is great for the health conscious guy because they're covered in 100% cereal chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because of their low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Most of you guys know I'm doing a 30 day challenge where I'm actually working out twice a day and I eat a peanut butter protein bar every single morning before I go work out. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you visit builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. That promo code is locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your need. Built Bar from builtbar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking about. Texas a Guys, Brad Peacock and Matt Williamson, NFL analyst and NFL Draft Scout, will give you all the updated information of everything you need on the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Every single day, they give you up-to-date NFL information telling you what's going on around the league, what to expect this upcoming offseason, and of course previewing Super Bowl 55. Make sure you tune in and listen to wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Alright, let's break this down a little bit more. Top Five offensive linemen to go build around this team. Sounds easy enough. Actually, a lot harder than I thought. If I'm going to go build this team. I'm going to go based off of what I've seen about the collegiate and the NFL level. So, left tackle. I'm going to go with Jake Matthews. Matthews has been the most stable of the four offensive linemen that were drafted in the first round Back in the 2010s, he has been a blindside protector for Matt Ryan. He helped lead the offense to three top 10 finishes in the last five years. They got to a Super Bowl, and they made three playoff appearances with him as the left tackle. He's a guy who is built for pass protection sets, and he was one of the offensive linemen that really helped made the SEC what it was. He had a great role in helping with the development of Johnny Manziel. He helped with them get that 10-win season. He has played multiple positions on the offensive line. But I look at an anchor and what I want for my team. Matthews, his versatility makes him, to me, the easiest selection to put at left tackle. So let's go to right tackle. It'd be Luke Jokel. Jokel did not have a good NFL career. That's just a given. Injuries... Uh, lack of production. There was a lot of reasons why he did not work with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But he was one of the most polished pre-technicians coming out that we have seen in a very long time. Sometimes that's the reality of the sport. It it just happens. I mean, Jason Smith came out in 2010, I want to say. Maybe it was 2011, out of Baylor. And everyone thought he was going to be the next standout. Greg Robinson, another name, coming from Auburn. He was the most perfect absolutely, hands down, cleanest player that we had ever seen play that position. He just didn't work out. That's just kind of it. Don't get me wrong. It didn't mean he was a terrible player. It just meant he didn't work out at that level. But in college, there was no denying that of the offensive linemen, Jokal was the most complete player. I think in today's NFL or in today's college, you have to be able to block on both sides of the ball. You're no longer in a spot where you can go, oh, yeah, I just want good pass protection. I mean, yeah, you know, left side means ru- we pass. Left side means run. No, you need them both. So to get Jokel and Matthews as my two bookends at what they did at College Station, that makes total sense. Guards, let's move real fast with this. I'm going to go with the other two. Uh, You know, the biggest thing that you look at with A&M is this has, not been, a tr- this has been a trend well before I think anyone noticed it. They would play their future tackles at guard to get them ready to go play tackle at the collegiate level. So I'd play Cedric Obwehi at one guard. I would play Jermaine Erfeti at the other guard. Erfeti actually is now playing guard in the NFL, and Obwehi, before he was cut this offseason, was also playing guard in the NFL. So the two of them moved inside because of they were not doing well enough on the outside. One of the best things was, a offensive line was one of the best in 2013 and 14. No, my bad. It was 2012 and 2013 when they had Jokel as the tackle. They had Abwehi playing one guard. They had a Fetty as a red shirt, but then he came in and played guard, and Matthews was the other tackle. So at one point, three of the four first-round picks all at once were starting on the same offensive line. And Abwehi and Abuehi... Both started at tackle, I mean at guard, to begin their careers. The other name I'd throw in there maybe is Ben Compton. He had about three or four years in the NFL. I think he even started for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. But a Fedde, first-round pick. He never really worked out for the Seattle Seahawks at right tackle or left tackle. He has played better as a guard with the Chicago Bears. So that could just be something to watch for. A boy he—the the problem with the boy he was, he, he just was so injury-prone, and that was always just going to be the case. So to me, that's just, that kind of says it all. Center, no mistaking here, Eric McCoy. Eric McCoy has been one of the best offensive linemen to ever walk into College Station. He is already making a big name for himself with the New Orleans Saints, but it's his IQ, it's what he does— pre-snap that makes him so effective and he's had a shot to work with one of the smartest quarterbacks in the nfl and he's only gotten better and drew Brees gave him so much praise after his rookie year of what it's like to work with a veteran quarterback and to be able to pick up as quickly as he did mccoy is exactly what you want in a center someone who's smart someone who understands what they're looking at on the front seven and can help a quarterback decipher which way they need to go Do they need to call an option? Do they need to call an audible? What is the plan moving into actual pre-snap count? If they continue to get the ball off in time, then guess what? They continue to move the offense. They continue to play well. Pete Carmichael's offense the last two years, with or without Drew Brees in it, still is ranked inside the top 10. That's how talented this offense is. That's because of a good offensive line, and McCoy has only added to it. There you go. That's your starting lineup. Let's go through it one more time. Quarterback Johnny Manziel. Running backs Trock Carson and Travion Williams. Wide receivers, uh, Mike Evans, Josh Reynolds, Christian Kirk. Tight end, Jalen Widemeyer. Only one from this, this upcoming a class I would put in there. Offensive tackles, we're going to go with uh, Luke Jokel at right tackle. At right guard, I'll go with Jermaine Fetti Center, Eric McCoy. Left guard. Uh, Cedric Abweke and left tackle Jake Matthews that's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies tomorrow's show let's we'll see the defensive side of the ball who are our stars of the defense in the SEC all Texas a and team we'll see you then, discuss more, and remember we we'll get me all. this has been Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network